Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, you guys. <laughs> Welcome back. My name is Kayla. And my name is Kristen. And I've got the jitterbugs today. Mm, Ooh, mm, we are mm. so happy, even though we still had technical difficulties for an hour. But Always. we're still in a good mood. Yes. Because it was only an hour this time. So I'm <laughs> Yeah. Could have been worse. Well, thank you guys so much for coming back to the show. And if this is your first time, welcome. Hello. Give me a high sigh. Kristen always does things as if everyone can see her. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not many announcements before we start today. One thing I do want to say is we picked our winners for our giveaway, for our Patreon giveaway and our podcast giveaway. So thank you to everyone that entered and thank you to everyone that subscribes to our Patreon. That was automatically entered into the contest so if you haven't sent us your shipping email or sorry shipping address already please send that to us dm us email us however you want to do it so we can send you your merch mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the merch is freaking awesome okay you guys so before we start this week's case i do want to let you know that it is a doozy and prepare yourself okay yeah it's bad let me sit my tea oh There are some, there are some pictures that are pretty graphic that I will include on the video version. I won't put it on Instagram or anything like that. Just like, you know, out of respect, but yeah, it's pretty rough. So if you're Mm. on Patreon, sorry in advance. Let's get into it. Okay. For this week's case, we are hopping over to the land of our ancestors, Africa. Mm-hmm. where vicious crimes against our own kind have gone relatively unchecked for centuries, especially when it comes to the lives of African women. Today's case will be no different as the black woman's number one predator, the black man, hunts and lures his victims to their violent, painful deaths. Join us as we discuss a man considered to be one of South Africa's worst serial killers a man named Moses Sitoli, also known as the ABC Killer. Whoa. Mm. That was intense. Mm. I love how you, well, I hate that I love how you said that the, uh, I don't know what you said about the black woman's. Yeah, like the black, (laughs) the number one killer of the black woman is the black man. And I hate that you said that, but like, I then I thought to myself, well, would I feel better if she said the number one killer of black women was white men? <laughs> Hell no. Well, I would feel way, worse. Yeah, but either way, I mean, obviously, men. either way, it sucks. Like, are men. you taking the piss? <laughs> yeah, <sighs> and it's true. It's really true. I saw a study that most pregnant black women die from homicide, which is just horrifying. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And before we get started, I want to address early that he's called the ABC killer because he killed in a city called Adderidgeville, and then he continued to Boxburg and finished in Cleveland. So these are all like in the relative area of Johannesburg, mm-hmm. South Africa. Okay. And that's ABC, so ABC killer. Okay. Got it. Moses Satoli. So his last name is spelled S-I-T-H-O-L-E. He needs one more H and then it would be shithole. So we may call him Moses Shithole, Moses Satoli. We may switch between because he really is a fucking the worst. Moses was born on November 17th, 1964 in Voslurus, which is a like a, a small neighborhood near Boxburg in what is now Gauteng, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Kristen, 
Kate's computer is so slow that she can't even open her link for the Black History for this week. So, yeah. So moving forward. Sorry about that. Yes. Moving forward, I'll either just have it written down like an old person or um, I'll make it work. Well, but. actually, you're getting a new like you're getting some new equipment. So we'll be able to get around yeah. that next week. So I'll be able to make it work. Sorry, guys. And this is the one week I was really, really looking forward to it because it's South African. So I think you're going to have to make this up to us, Kristen, and do a little video that I can put on Instagram for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So he was born in South Africa to his parents, Simon and Sophie Satoli, and he was one of five children. His His childhood was extremely difficult. The country was going through a violent time with their own government. I think it was because of the apartheid and stuff like that. Mm, I was looking okay. forward to you telling us about that, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> they were, they were Maybe being attacked. Maybe I will make it up to you, Kayla. Cause it Thank seems you. like you personally want to know. I'm asking for a friend. The friend is me. Mm-hmm. So the country was going through a lot with its own government. People were being killed in the streets. And this is what Moses grew up in. His family was very poor on top of all of this. And it became even worse when his father died when Moses was just six years old. Mm. So his mother is that. So he loses that father figure Mm -hmm. at the age of six. So his literal father. Yeah. It's already a problem. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. His mother, who he said was an alcoholic and could be very abusive, couldn't afford to take care of all, you know, all five children. So she abandoned them at a local police station. Wow. Uh, yeah. Hey, I guess she thought she was doing good, but we'll get to it. They were taken to an orphanage in KwaZulu Natal. I'm trying with the pronunciations, you guys. But according to Moses, he was treated just as badly there. He was abused and was even reported to have been sexually abused by a woman in his life. Uh Uh-oh. So I couldn't find exactly who it was, and maybe he just never disclosed that information, but he did say several times to several different people that he was essentially raped as a young child by another woman. Wow. When you get into rape by women, like people don't think that exists, but it totally does. 110% women are trash too. (laughs) (laughs) Like women, human race just needs a reason. No, they're not. Look at Eve, for God's sake. Kayla, who is Eve? Adam and Eve? (laughs) Don't come for Eve, okay? Eve, don't come for her. At the end of the day, Eve made a mistake and we all are paying for it. And so, yeah, she has a bad rap. (laughs) But if you were in Eve's place, you probably would have made a similar mistake. So, do not come for her. Mm. <laughs> okay. I'm an Eve advocate. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't see why. I it's because of Sarah that. Jakes Roberts. Like, if you read her book and see how she like forms Eve, and like mm. you get to see the perspective of Eve, it's pretty awesome. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. I might get behind that. Moses ended up running away from the orphanage after about two or three years there, and went back to his mother to see if she could take him in. You know, some time has passed. Maybe she's in a better financial situation. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she hit him with a cold shoulder and sent him back to the orphanage. Wow. She did not want him back. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that type of stuff makes me upset because I'm like, okay, we thought you were dropping them off so that they could have a better life. But in better reality, life. you're just an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to go off and do your thing. Period. No surprise. Moses would then reach out to his older brother, Patrick, who let him move in with him. And young Moses started working at the cold mines shortly after that. I'm sorry, the gold mines shortly after that. And Patrick lived in Johannesburg at the time. So this is his introduction to the Johannesburg area and stuff like that. According to my research, Moses was always kind of like curious about sex. Even at a young age, he was interested in the act of it. And kind of was really doing it. You know, he was he was throwing some penis around. Oh, wow. So this is after he got raped by the yeah. woman? Okay. Yeah, after his terrible experience. Also, there's a trigger warning. There's a lot of the R-A-P-E 
act in this case. And I don't really want to say it a lot. So if I change it to sexually assaulted or sexually violated, you guys know what I mean. Right. So he was really into women and really into having sex with them, but he didn't really want to pursue any like genuine relationships with them. Women were reportedly drawn to him as well. He had like a disarming smile. They found him to be handsome in some way, shape or form. Kristen, go look at the picture. I'm looking now. And looking at him, you don't see him as a threat. I feel like he's just like a guy that likes to smile a lot, needs to Mm -hmm. eat some more. Good God. And, you know, whatever. Just a regular Joe Smo on the street. You have so many different... Ew. Okay. <laughs> Moses would definitely have not been my type. Um, But he looks goofy. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't look like a threat, like you said. He just looks like a goofball. He looks like a friend. I don't even know. Well, anyway. The woman said he made them feel like he was really into them. And there was like an actual, you know, connection or something, which we know there really wasn't, unfortunately. And they also said that there was another side to Moses. He would get angry and aggressive and it would come out like when you would least expect it. Mm. So he is a Scorpio, but he sounded more like a Gemini. A.K.A. Bipolar. (laughs) A.K.A. the devil reincarnate. Stay away from Gemini. That is not fair. We love you, some of you, Gemini's. You <laughs> not evil ones. I was about to say, you can't help that you're a little twisted and complex. I mean, you got to be on the cusp. You got to be between Gemini and Dogwan. Uh, cancer or Gemini and that other sign on the other side. I don't know. <laughs> but if you're just straight Gemini... I need some holy water before I fuck with you, period. I need some holy ground to stand upon if I'm ever going to talk to you. (laughs) If I'm ever going to deal with you. (laughs) So a lot of people speculated later down the line that this was due to his mommy issues, which I am completely behind and completely agree with, and maybe even connected to the sexual assault he experienced at the hands of that woman. You know, so he's, he's just had a hatred for women that's building up ever since he was little and it's clearly started with his mom. Yeah, it's because he's had horrible experiences with women. They have proved to be mistrustful, um, proved Mm -hmm. to be a little provocative, proved (laughs) to take advantage. Yeah, he's not with it. So this aggressive behavior, however, would only escalate in the coming years with Moses committing his first documented rape at the age of 23. Hmm. His first victim was the sister of one of his girlfriends, and thankfully she survived the attack. Thankfully, thank the Lord, her and his second victim, after they promised him not to tell anybody what happened. Wow. So he'd only, he was like, at that point, he was only letting them live if they promised to keep their mouths shut. And it seemed mm-hmm. to be working until his third victim, a woman named Doris. Nope, not going to do it. A woman named Doris, whom he met in 1989. He promised her a good paying clerical type job and even offered to take her there himself. So they headed to the train station together and Moses said he knew a shortcut through some fields. Never take the shortcut. Never, ever, ever take the shortcuts. (laughs) As soon as he felt like they were far enough away, he pulled out a knife that he had hidden in a folded newspaper he was carrying and told Doris that he planned to rape her. And then he did. He tied her hands behind her back with her own underwear. And when he was done, he left her there after she promised not to tell anyone. So he's doing horrific things, but he is trying not to go too far. Well, to be honest, sis, like he hasn't killed yet. So it's like, we don't even know if he has it in him to kill yet. He doesn't even know if he has it in him to physically kill yet. I think he has it in him and I think he's aware of it to even tell someone, if you don't tell on me, I will let you live. Even being in that headspace to threaten someone's life in that way, I feel like he was already, if not just mustering up the strength to do it, he was already there. Hmm. I feel like he was probably, for me, I feel like he was mustering up the strength. Just because, like, when you hear people who 
who do crimes like this consecutively and it's like their first sets of crimes they're like building themselves up to do Mm -hmm. something worse the next time it's like they're almost getting comfortable so three months later doris saw moses in a shop in johannesburg she saw the man that raped her and decided to call cleveland police so cleveland is the city where her attack actually happened and the police arrived and they arrested Moses on the spot, which I thought was really nice because it showed that they actually believed what Doris was saying. Cause I'm sure she didn't have like actual physical evidence right then and there, but they did their due diligence, I guess, and went and at least picked him up. I saw in a documentary on the biography channel that Doris and Moses were apparently sitting in the same vicinity on the way to the police station because Moses was able to say to her, quote, bitch, I should have killed you. Wow. So I hope they heard that. The police. (laughs) They did, Kristen. They did. And they used it against him. Like, bro, you just admitted that. She ended up testifying against him. And after pleading not guilty, because he pleaded not guilty, he claimed that Doris had the wrong man even though he clearly said, I should have killed you. Nice try. Nice try. Moses was found guilty of rape and was sentenced to seven years in prison. Wow. So there was some justice there for Doris, and it seemed to happen pretty swiftly, which is incredible, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's almost unheard of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And prison was not kind to Moses, okay? He was apparently sexually assaulted, and violated in prison himself by the other inmates. Yeah. And when he was released from prison, he would plan to take his anger out on all women that resembled Doris because he blamed Doris for falsely accusing him of rape. And that's why he was in prison and getting violated himself. This is like the definition of hurt people, hurt people. Like you literally are a weakling when you get around your own kind men mm-hmm. yeah but you yep. choose to actually turn your victimhood into now you are causing other people to be victims yep. this is so yep. messed up oh yeah i definitely think it's like some misogyny in there too it's like oh you want to get big and bad with a woman you want to blame a woman for what you went through at the hands of somebody else you don't but keep yet, the same energy with the men that were playing right. peekaboo with your booty hole, but you want to go out here and hurt women that have nothing, nothing to do with what happened. Not even hurt Doris, but hurt women that had nothing to do with what happened. This is so weak. No surprise. His murder spree would begin shortly after his release from prison in 1994. So in July of 93, while he was still in prison, Moses ended up sparking up a relationship with a woman named Martha Nadelovu. I like African. I like, hold on. I like African languages or African, you know, writing and names and stuff because they have so many consonants. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just supposed to guess which ones are being used. It's a fun game. Well, it's almost like you're beating a drum. Okay, if it goes to a beat, if it has a little uh, pep in its step, it's probably right. I honestly would just who say that, you it, that. I have African friends. I honestly would just say the name like I know exactly what it means, and then whatever or how it's pronounced and how it comes out is how it comes out, and you keep moving because clearly you don't know how to pronounce these names. So just do your best. Oh God, I'm doing my best. So he met a woman named Martha, who he ended up marrying while he was still in prison. How the did two this happen? How do you meet going to people in jail that are okay, not in jail? Go. Okay, here we go. We're going to get to it. They would later have a little girl together, and they would stay together officially until about two months prior to his, spoiler alert, 1996 arrest. So their relationship started because Moses was doing time with her nephew in prison and he i guess she was visiting him and he saw her and he immediately started pursuing her writing her letters all types of stuff you know that fake charming shit and at first she wasn't really here for it but as time went on she started to soften up to him and started to write him back and stuff Hmm. moses was released on parole in november of 93 and went to live with his wife in shoshanguve pretoria 
Mm, period. Sean Gouvet. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So that's where he went to live. And mind you, Martha claimed that she never knew why Moses was in prison. It never came up in conversation. She never asked. She just didn't know. Whoa. <laughs> like, this Girl. is public knowledge at this point. You didn't <laughs> Ask even the research. the right questions. Right. I mean, you didn't even look on Google and see what was going on. Well, there was no Google poo. This is 1994. Kayla. Google was not popping. Google was still in the basement of, like, the person that created Google. <laughs> That's cute. Either way. That's public information. You could ask your nephew what he was doing I'm in there. I'm cracking up. That's How, why was he in there? Like, you could have done all of this stuff, and it didn't take long to do it. You could have did it when you were first filling this man out. Well, what are you he up hey. in there for? Hey, you know, who knows how things were It won't then. be me. Could never. Could never. Now we are about to talk about some sick shit. Okay. Despite the verbal slip-up that Moses had in his past cases, Moses was a very intelligent, adaptable man, okay? And he would use his intellect to create an MO that was so scarily effective, one could say it was literal evil genius. So we're going to get into it. Yes, let's do that. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. This man, Moses Satoli, who went by at least six different aliases, would prey on young, put-together, but unemployed black women that were mostly in their 20s, and he would lure them into trusting him by offering them a desk job at one of his foundations. Okay. One of them being called Youth Against Human Abuse. So he had a few. He had a few fake organizations that he would hide behind. Moses would even go a step further and present official like job applications and questionnaires to make the women let their guards down even more. The truth was that he was having a coworker where he was really working write these forms out for him. Mm-hmm. And my thing is like for the coworker, what did you think he was doing? Like did you think well, this was a game? Like he was just playing? We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. After the woman agreed to the job offer, Moses would walk them to one of his killing sites. Yes, one of them. Once there, he would tell the woman about how he'd previously been hurt before and that if they could defeat him, they would, like, he would not kill them. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going to, you know, sexually violate them regardless, but if they were able to defeat him, which what the hell does that mean right he wouldn't kill them this is some anime like what what is actually going on here like i feel like he's still like a little boy in his head but how Mm -hmm. is he so smart to come up with a whole plan to lure in victims like he must have been planning this when he was in jail i was about to say prison it can make or break you type of situation and it can make you even more sadistic and horrible than you already were. So being in prison for six or seven years, he had so much time to think about how he would get away with it the next time. And yeah, he really, really put a lot of thought into this. It's believed that he learned from, like I said, being put in prison the first time a victim can't tell on you if the victim can't tell on you. So Mm. He you learned that, that the means. best way to go the best way to go about it is to just end their life. Wow. He would then bind their hands, undress them, sexually assault them more than once, and then strangle them in the location. So he wasn't even transporting the bodies. He would literally walk them to where he would kill them and violate them on the spot. It's the brazenness for me. How the hell? Where do you get off? I just can't. I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand how these women are going with this man. I mean, he's solo dolo. I'm not trusting mm-hmm. anybody that is by himself trying to interview me. Where where are we are we walking? Are we walking to a killing site? Like this is just <laughs> Is that weird. what you're gonna ask? <laughs> If someone's walking with you somewhere. I'm going to be like, so we're going to walk to the interview place? Oh, yeah, it's right around this corner. Nah, I'm good. Like, this (laughs) doesn't even make sense. No, thank you. And mind you, this was happening during the middle of the day. In broad daylight, he would walk these women. 
And in the middle of the day, you're like, oh, there's so many people around. Right. I'm not, he's not going to hurt me. He was also known to even sometimes call the victim's families afterward and taunt them. No. So next level fucking sicko. How, why, what would possess him to do that? Mm, causing pain, inflicting pain. I think I would love to know the details of what happened to him in prison because it seems like it did a fucking number on him like a true number to where he wants to hurt anything and everything well women in regards to women you know and their families it's just fucked up sadistic yep i want to let you guys know now that we're not going to be able to cover every single murder that he committed individually because he was accused of committing 38 murders in the span of less than two years you guys all right. All right. Starting fresh out of prison. Okay. I'm processing. Yeah, she's processing. Okay. I don't know <laughs> what type of police force Johannesburg has <laughs> to even come for them, but it don't something ain't adding up. How do you immediately catch a person who or and, and convict them for rape? Mm. But they're out here killing 38 people in broad daylight. And it takes you how long to catch him and put the pieces together? Well, the thing is, the bodies weren't initially found off rip. So it wasn't actually known if there was a serial killer involved. And I also want to let you know that, remember, this is South Africa during a time where violence is just Mm. the daily norm. So... In a sense, it was kind of like, eh, there's bigger fish to fry type of thing because, you know, our whole country is in a shit vacuum. But at the same time, this stuff shouldn't have gone on for as long as it did. We're going to get into all of it. In July 1994, while Moses's wife, Martha, was five months pregnant with their daughter, he lured 18-year-old Maria Manama to Cleveland. He promised to give her a job at his foundation called Youth Against Human Abuse. And after she agreed to the job and, you know, walked with him, unfortunately, he strangled and sexually assaulted Maria. After he was done, he wrote on her body, quote, she's the beach. And then I am not fighting with you, please. And we must stay here for as long as you don't understand. So it doesn't make any, 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 any sense. But people were speculating that this was a message to police officers, kind of trying to give them a hint as to why he was doing what he was doing. But I can't understand anything that he's trying to say. I was about to say, what hint? That doesn't even sound like a riddle. Like, it sounds like straight gibberish. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That part. Between January and April of 1995, four young black women were found strangled and presumably raped in Adderidgeville, which is west of Pretoria. All of the victims were bound in similar ways, so by their hands and feet and their hands with their hands were bound with their underwear. And this mm-hmm. discovery would lead investigators down a gruesome trail of ruthless brutality and dead bodies. After the discoveries, there wasn't really too much attention or publicity on the cases. Remember, we just talked about that. South Africa is going through a lot of shit on its own. And the media was kind of just like, eh, we have, you know, other things to worry about. Mm -hmm. But something would happen that would change all of that and even attracted the attention of a former FBI profiler. Ooh. Yeah, it's making its way over to America. Period. So what I will say is, if you notice, old boy does not look like a threat whatsoever, but he was able to kill 38 victims in two years. If somebody is approaching you and you just feel like, oh, what can they do? Little scrimp. Be aware. (laughs) Limp noodle. Don't put anything past anybody. Yep. Yep. Don't trust people like that. It doesn't matter how you look, what you're doing. 
you know, keep your pepper spray on you. Yeah, like you can ready. be nice, but you don't have to invite someone into your space or let yeah, them invite themselves part. into your space. That part, that part. On September 16th, 1995, a body was found at the Van Dyke Mine near Boxburg. After examining the area further, police learned that this was not the murder site of one victim, but of 10 victims. Yeah, that's right. Forensic experts recovered 10 bodies in varying degrees of decomposition over the next 48 hours. Wow. It was a huge it was a huge field. If you're on Patreon, you're going to see the clips that I've included. Please prepare yourself. It's a bit graphic. But you could see that it's like a huge field that he would walk them into and violate them on the spot and then kill them on the spot and, and then, then just, just walk away. Just walk away. And he did that 10 times with 10 different people and nobody noticed. Nobody noticed it seemed. The discovery turned the investigation on its head because forensically they could now be certain that the four bodies found in Adderidgeville are connected to the 10 bodies found in Boxburg. Mm. So that really gave them a leg up in, hey, we're probably looking for the same people slash person. So at this point, really mm -hmm. quick, 14 people, 14 bodies have been found. How long in the investigation are we now? Are we a year in? When did they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So from the time that Maria was murdered, so Maria was murdered in 1994. Mm -hmm. This all happened, or this discovery of the bodies happened around early September okay. of, 1995, of 1995. Okay. So this is about a year later. I don't know. Like I said, the bodies were found in varying levels of decomposition. Mm -hmm. Some were skeletal. Some were, you know, super fresh. So we don't know how long he was killing these women mm -hmm. and how long they'd been there. Not that I could find. It wasn't public record. Okay. Once news of this mass gravesite hit the public, it was a disaster. Everyone's freaking out. They don't know how to survive. Where is it safe to go in South Africa? Nowhere. Oh, no. Well, we don't know, but based off at of the, the time and at the time, right? Like <laughs> yeah. they're freaking dealing with the apartheid and then mm -hmm. you have a serial killer out here who's killing women. Uh-uh. It's too much. It's just too it's much. It's too much. Even President Nelson Mandela visited the mass gravesite. He took mm -hmm. his ass out there to where they excavated all these, you know, like dead dead women. women. Yeah, but he, he did it in a way that was like, we need help from the public. He made a little s speech to the public to try to find out who the hell is doing all of this. Well, I'm glad he did that because like he has a lot of stuff. He probably had a lot of stuff on his plate back then. So to come out there mm -hmm. for one serial killer, 14 bodies. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that he did that. Yeah, he should have done that at the very least. Absolutely. And it just shows that he supported in a sense of we are not we're going to protect our black women to an extent. Mm -hmm. Like they're already dead, mm -hmm. but the least we can do is come out here and try to find some answers. Right. Keep the people safe as much, as best as you can. Mm -hmm. The local authorities are really feeling the pressure to arrest this killer and decided to reach out to retired FBI profiler, Robert Ressler, who arrived in South Africa on September 23rd, 1995. So they were mm -hmm. like, listen, this is out of our hands, okay? We're unequipped to figure out who is doing this. So they needed help and they got the best of the best. Robert Ressler is one of the guys that interviewed um, Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. He profiled him. He profiled, who else? Uh, Ed Sheen. Ed Gein. Yeah. I think that was the guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wait a minute. So I watched the the inception of the BH, the BAU. And I think Ressler oh, was a part Hunter. of the inception. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched that show yet, but yeah, he was he was that guy. I could, I could be wrong, but I think he was a part of the beginning of that. He definitely task was. Force. He okay. definitely was. He helped local authorities create a profile of their killer, and this profile indicated that the killer was an intelligent, organized individual with a high sex drive and was operating with a growing sense of confidence. Now, the profile suggested that this may have been due to the fact that the murderer had an accomplice helping him. So if you have somebody else kind of doing your dirty work, too, you're 
gonna puff your chest out a little bit like hey mm-hmm. we're getting all this done da, 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 da. and i guess they were I could all see 14 women being murdered you could <sighs> assume that he had someone else Excuse with me. him god bless you that was helping him yeah you could because this is it's hard to think that one person could have done so much damage right they were also able to surmise that the killer was purposely trying to improve the way he killed in order to inflict as much pain as he could and that the more pain these women felt the more the killer was enjoying it so sadist basically the worst of the worst and we got to find him quickly with the quickness what are we doing (laughs) sleeping on the sofa you know what my thing is is like okay if you're a sadist for other people's pain i wonder how he felt when he was being assaulted chrissy he felt horrible he felt demasculated he felt like a small man he felt less than all of that (laughs) did a piece of him like it no no not a piece because men like this don't enjoy inflicting pain on themselves they just enjoy hurting other people so while investigators are putting together a profile with wrestler the investigators at the gravesite catch a break one of the victims named amelia rapodile okay had had last been seen before a scheduled appointment with a man named moses satoli on september 7th Investigators then looked into Amelia's life and found one of Moses's fake job applications. Okay. They also found a similar connection between Moses and another victim. So police were convinced that they had their man. They, and they see now how he's attracting women. Yes, it is coming together. Okay. At this point, police are searching high and low for Moses, but he seems to just be in the wind and essentially one step ahead of them. Despite all the attention and being on the run, Moses continued to kill. This is the thing that gets me. Like, this is the brazenness. This is the police. You should be looking at your own self sideways. If this killer knows that you are hunting him and he's still killing other people, that means he doesn't, he's not scared of you. (laughs) Like, what are you going to do to him? Kristen, no bullshit. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, we have to blame society at some point because something is giving this man the confidence to feel like he can do such horrific things. And I haven't even discussed the other killers that were active at the same time during this same time. We're going to get to it. But what the yeah. heck? You just yeah. brought that out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It has to be a societal thing because it's. I mean, it was rampant at the time. So, wow. just hor- horrible. On October 3rd, the body of Agnes Mabuli was found near Banani. And I, I'm not really sure where Banani is, but I just know she was found there or near there. The very same day, the Star newspaper received a phone call from a man identifying himself as, quote, the man that is so highly wanted. Can Ugh, I you fucking disgust me? Right. You make Can me I, sick. Uh, There's the narcissism we've been waiting to fucking see. There's the ego. Yep. He then started to reveal information only the killer would know and describe the murders as an act of revenge for a past injustice. He said he was arrested in 1978 for a crime he didn't commit. So in 1978, Moses was 14. I'm about to say, damn, so. Moses, how old are you? He was 14 in 1978, and he said that he spent the next 14 years in jail where he was tortured and abused by the other inmates. The caller also said to make matters worse, his parents and one of his sisters had died while he was in prison. And he blamed Doris for him being in prison and decided to retaliate. So in regards to the retaliation, he said, quote, I force a woman to go where I want, and when I go there, I tell them, do you know what? I was hurt, so I'm doing it now. Then I kill them, end quote. This is what he said to the people on the phone. Mm-hmm. So, because I was hurt, I am going to kill you now. End of, end of story, end of case, next question, justified. And this man is smart? He calculated. <laughs> but just, he's sick. 
and he's, he's cunning. Yeah. He has yeah. to be a sociopath or a psychopath. I have One no I have no clue why the fuck he called the the newspaper. It's probably more so for attention, definitely. But I'm hey. like, is there like a translation? Like, are they speaking another language and we're translating it to English? Because the probably. way that Right, because the way that he's talking, it just seems like it's missing some words. Like, where is the the human nature or the humanization? I don't see him as a person. Like, I just see he's him not. as a, a sick being. A wicked demon. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. When asked about how many victims he had killed, the caller claimed 76, twice as many as police had found thus far. Wow. He then ended he then ended the call with directions to the corpse of quote a lady I don't think the police have discovered end quote. Wow. Yeah, he's, so he's like I'm credible. Here, here's a dead body. Yeah, so you know it's really me. So I never understood. Real. I never understood what's the point of killing, trying to get away with it, but then drawing attention to yourself. Well, I think it's that it's a sport. Like they're they're trying to see if they're masterful enough to evade people. And then they're yeah. like, I'm so proud, I'm so bold that I can even give out a hint and they still won't be able to catch me type stuff. Yes. Yeah, it's the inflated ego that all men just kidding, not all men. <laughs> but that most men have. It's just so crazy because this man was broken and beaten and and sexually assaulted in jail. And then yeah. you come out here with all this ego and this bravado. It's like, did you I learn mean, nothing when your booty hole got taken? He was trying to get his power back. And how does a small man get his power back? By victimizing women. Wow. Easy peasy lemon squeezer. Over the next 10 days, three more black women would be found dead. That's when police decided to actually release Moses's identity to the public in hopes of getting some outside help. Because remember, they had been looking for him and couldn't find him. Now that they see, okay, he really doesn't give a fuck. Right. He's you not know, they're stopping. like, we need to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's when the block became real hot for Moses. And he reached out to his family members for help. He, because at this point, he wasn't ready to go down. He wasn't ready. On October 18th, 1995, Moses called his brother-in-law who said he'd help him get a gun, which mm. what the fuck do you need a gun for? What are you right. about to do? Right. But instead, the brother called the police. And when Moses approached their meeting area, he sensed a trap and he started running. Police gave chase and Moses attempted to approach an arresting officer with an axe. Huh? Yeah. He even bit the officer's thumb. Like, got yeah. close enough and bit his thumb. That's when the like officer shot his ass. <laughs> like, you're biting. You're, like, you're a little bitch. Wuss. You're a wussy. <laughs> That's when the officer shot his ass twice. Once in the leg and once in the stomach. Like, you gonna live today because we got a trial to go to. Yeah, yeah, he lived, unfortunately. And after leaving the hospital, he was trans, after leaving like surgery, he was transported to a secure military hospital in Pretoria, where he would be interviewed by police. Finally, mm-hmm. during these interviews, Moses would admit to killing multiple women. He denied having an accomplice, but did say he believed that there were copycat murderers, mm-hmm. like murders being executed using his MO. Which mm. he could be right about that, but knowing his ego, he was like, eh, people trying to be like me. Me. I yeah. think that, yeah, I think it was more <laughs> about that. In regards to his first murder victim, he said he killed her because she shouted at him when he asked her for directions. Quote, I cannot remember her name. I killed her and left her there. I went straight home and had a shower. End quote. No remorse. No remorse. He's justified it enough times in his head that it's not even a discussion that he has to have with himself anymore. And it's just a part of his day. Yep. Yep. Okay, you guys. So, you know, we don't come on here telling you to buy nothing very often. Okay. And when we do, it's worth the coin. Period. So we have a new little scoop for you and it's this really cute jewelry shop called Ana Luisa. And yes, you heard that right. 
Anna, A-N-A, Louisa, L-U-I-S-A, has an amazing jewelry shop online where you can go and get fine pieces of jewelry, okay? Mm, okay. I think they even have pieces for your man, okay? And if you're a minimalist, like, jewelry wearer, like Kristen and I, we don't like to do the most, you would definitely, definitely vibe with their collection, okay? They have new jewelry collections released every Friday, which is incredible and the only thing i want them to add is nose rings (laughs) they have everything else period i need a nose ring in my life from anna louisa so remember you guys can go and literally get pieces starting at 39 dollars, especially since they're having a 60 percent off sale on the second item that you buy so that's the biggest sale of the of the year. So please get in there and get something because they're phenomenal pieces. So far, we've seen them online and they seem phenomenal. Um, it's actually yeah. coming in the mail. 60% off of the second item. Are you joking? I'm going to buy some stuff. Okay. So if you're interested and want that crazy ass discount, use our code at shop.analuisa.com slash black true crime. Okay. Shop.analuisa. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com slash black true crime. Okay. Okay, and for the people in the back that didn't hear that, that is <laughs> shop.analuisa.com slash black true crime. You already know how to spell our podcast, so don't play with us. Okay? <laughs> get something cute for your girl. Get something cute for your man. Get something cute for yourself. Okay? All right. Yes. Now let's get Love back you. to the episode. <laughs> He also bragged that he was teaching the woman he killed a very good lesson. The police claimed that he denied his right to counsel, but this would later be disputed in court. Mm. Five days after his arrest, he was charged with 29 murders. 29 murders. I'm still confused on what type of lesson he's trying to teach these women. Because he's not trying to teach them a lesson. He's not. He's just talking shit. He's really just running his fucking mouth. He's not trying. If anything, he's trying to teach him a lesson. Oh, don't fuck with me. Like, it's about him. It's not really about teaching them a lesson. It's about Absolutely him not. being a piece of shit. Like, no, he's not. I'm not even going to dwell on that. Because he's a liar, too. Got it. Completely. If you're a murderer, bitch, you're automatically a liar. <laughs> and at this time, he was only 32 years old. Wow. That at, at the time of his arrest. And this is just two years after he was released from serving seven years. So majority of his life, he's just been trash and not an active member of society. Oh, he was active. But he wasn't a good active. Oh, God. On November 3rd, Moses was transported back to the same prison he was just released from two years earlier. And this was around the time that he was diagnosed with HIV. Not surprised. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that in a, in a judgmental way. But at it's all, like, at all. You think he's out here sexually assaulting people with a condom on? No, Kristen. No. Out of here. And then he's, go- and then, and then he's going home and he's being intimate no. with his wife, Martha, who was 35 at the time. Martha. And they also have a two year old daughter you have got to be kidding me yep martha was strong enough to testify against moses at his trial and mind you this is after she's found out that he has given her hiv she has found out that she's hiv positive as well as her child so that means he must have contracted hiv while he was in prison he could have contracted HIV while he was in prison. He could have contracted it before he before got to then. prison. Yeah. Because I feel like they could have tested him in prison when he first got there just to see. Mm-hmm. I feel like they usually do those types of screenings. But while you're in prison, I don't think that they probably checked right. him. So you're right. He could have most likely caught it while he was being violated in prison. Wow. So crazy. So crazy. By the time his trial started on October 21st, 1996, police had enough evidence to charge him with the murder of 37 women, a two-year-old child, 
as well as 40 rapes and six robberies. Good what the actual googly. heck is going on? So in regards to the two-year-old, one of, his vic- one of his victims actually had her child with her and the baby received a like a a blow to the head while his while his mother was being killed but it didn't kill him and he died of exposure so just being out being out there too long he died of just you know exposure to the elements which is torture kidding me how did people not hear a screaming two-year-old maybe because i'm assuming he was crying after his mother had just been murdered well remember girl he walks and walks and walks until he knows that no one he's confident that no one's going to hear anything because these women are probably screaming bloody murder while he's you know sexually violating them and no one heard anything y'all don't walk into no fields with nobody you just met just don't stay do home. that don't just stay do that alone Martha cried through most of her testimony while she held their two-year-old daughter. She detailed how their relationship started and what caused them to split in July of 1995. She said on July 31st, they had a heated argument about school keys. Apparently, Moses took the keys to work, but the school needed them. So I just want to give you guys an idea as well. Moses worked as a youth counselor, okay, and he just had jobs that somehow was always trying to like help someone which i don't really get even though he was the worst person ever so yeah she said quote when i asked him why he took the keys he became very angry saying i shouted at him end quote he then packed his bags and just left and she said she never saw him again until he was arrested in october of 95 wow and remember july of 1994 was around the time that he killed maria the 18 year old you know girl so he was probably just like, eh, I'm just going to dip off and go do all this horrible things. Because to us, that was his first murder, you know. So maybe he was just like, fuck this family life. I'm going to go be a serial killer. Mm-mm-mm. She also identified a watch, a necklace, and a few rings that she'd seen in Moses's possession. And these were actually proven to belong to some of the victims. The mm-hmm, which is how they got him on the robbery. He even tried to hold his baby girl when Martha walked past him and she didn't even let him. She's like, Period. Are you crazy? You got both of us sick. Like, don't touch us. Don't touch us. You've killed umpteen amount of women. Don't touch us. Like, you're trash. The police officer that shot Moses also testified and said that when Moses chopped at him with the axe, they fought and Moses bit his thumb. The officer then shot him twice. Moses' defense attorney, Eben Jordan, claimed that Moses was walking down the street that night and accidentally bumped the officer. And that's when the officer just pulled out his gun and shot him twice without saying anything. <laughs> out of here. Like, shut that's up, what I'm saying. Defense attorney. Defense attorney. Shut uh, up. Defense attorneys. Defense attorneys are going straight to hell along with their killer clients. A voice expert named Dr. Leandert Jansen said, quote, to the best of my knowledge, there is no doubt whatsoever that the unknown voice is definitely that of Moses Satoli, end quote. And they're talking about that phone call that he made to the Stars mm. magazine. Mm. Did he ever fess up to that? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, he's, he's claiming not guilty on all of this. So clearly he's not fessing up to any of it. I wonder if he told them that he was the one who contacted the newspaper not during the trial i'm just saying in general while he was talking his shit did he fess up to that part well we don't know we don't know he was interviewed about so many murders i don't even know the first three rape survivors doris swakamisa patricia kumalo and another woman testified at his trial and remember these women these women were attacked by him in 1987 and 1989 And they came in 1996 and said, we're going to make sure your ass goes down. Period. Brave woman. Even the woman he asked to write those applications testified at his trial. Her name was Melody Stern, and she was a typist at a place he would sometimes work at washing trucks. Quote, he asked me to type forms which people could fill out at schools, teachers, or any person who knew about people who were abused. 
end mm. quote. She also typed membership recruitment forms and minutes, like minute meetings. So okay. he really was using her to try to make himself seem as official as possible. It also came out in court that Moses had an organization called the Child Protection Community Organization. And one of the victim's husbands found an envelope in her stuff with the organization name on it, along with the time and date of an appointment. Hmm. So there is just evidence everywhere. When you give somebody a piece of paper, usually they're going to hold on to it, especially when it has a job application attached to it. So I think Moses was definitely lazy and didn't really think about the consequences of that paper trail. Right. But it also, it, I just want to say it takes a special type of criminal to be able to sit there and hide behind what's supposed to be a good organization. And you're mm-hmm. using that to find new people to kill. Oh, just disgusting. Yeah, just like a lot of organizations today. <laughs> Big ones. There are even witnesses that damn near caught Moses in the act. One witness testified that they saw Moses and another woman go into a field and told them, like, don't do that. He warned them against it. And then he said he only saw the man come out. So when he went to investigate, he found 25-year-old Josephine Melangeny strangled to death. So he found a body? Yeah. 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 And I don't even know how. And he, he was too far away to be able to identify the man. So he he couldn't say, yeah, that was Moses. But gosh, yeah. the prosecution had over 350 witnesses testify. <laughs> Holy jitoli. That okay. that trial lasted. Well, the trial lasted over a year. I'm going to say googly. That's 350 people. That's a person a day. Like. My thing is, is like, okay, so on one hand, I'm super happy that that many people wanted to come out and tell their story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I was like, where the hell were you when or or is it more on the police for waiting so long to reveal what Moses looked like? Because all of these people could have been helped them solve this crime if they had released what Moses looked like, you know, and stuff like that way before. Well, the thing is, they released who Moses was maybe like a couple of days, four or five days after, or I think a week after they knew who he was. So I'm not really sure if it would have made that much of a difference, to be honest. There were so many victims that, and with so many different lifestyles, you know what I'm saying? It was just hard to say, oh, this is connected to this and this and this. You can't put that all on the witnesses. So it really is up to the investigators. To put all this shit together. The prosecution finally rested its case on August 15th, 1997. There was a little drama about a video that was recorded in jail illegally that shows mm-hmm. Moses admitting to 27 murders and figuring out if it was admissible or not is what pushed the case back so much. Mm. I'm actually going to play a little clip of it for you guys. So go ahead and check that out. No. I definitely believe that he had fun and he did this because he wanted to and he enjoyed it and he's sick as fuck. I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth. Nothing. Only nothing. Bitch, nothing. Like, how do you, you're killing 30 some people and you're still hurt? That's why I say it's it's a it's a cop out. It's a scapegoat. It's the reason that he's chosen to stick to for what he's doing. That's it. Even if it's not even the fucking truth anymore. He's mm-hmm. no I, he may not even be still hurt by what happened to him. Right. He's just using it to continue right. to hurt other people. The defense really had no chance in hell, <laughs> clearly, only to get their client on the stand and to get the jury to believe him somehow over all of the physical evidence. But when he got up there, his testimony was often was often rambling and just incoherent. They didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Mm. On December 4th, 1997, Moses Sitoli was found guilty on all counts. And it took three hours to read the verdict. Wow. Three full hours just, just to read. Just to read it. It's crazy. 
The next day at sentencing, the judge said he had no problem throwing the death penalty at that piece of shit, but since it'd been declared unconstitutional in 1995, he had to sentence Moses to 2,410 years with the possibility of parole after 930 years. (laughs) (laughs) But you're never getting out. I'm cracking up. You're never getting out. So the justice system does stupid things too. Like, you know damn well he's not surviving no 900 years to be off on parole. Kristen, the justice system is constantly doing stupid shit. (laughs) Idiotic. It's literally how they make their money. Doing stupid shit. Mm. Moses Satoli was incarcerated in the maximum security section of Pretoria Central Prison, which is the highest security cell block in South Africa, known as C-Max. They weren't fucking around with him. Ironically, the medical treatment that he was receiving in prison for his HIV condition was way better than the average South African citizen would receive, which will probably help him live a longer life, unfortunately. (laughs) But he'll still be in prison. His wife and child were not so lucky because of the healthcare coverage laws stating only citizens over 65 can receive free coverage. Martha and her daughter died from the disease. Come on! Ugh, Even when justice imagine? is served, justice ain't shit. Justice ain't shit. It ain't shit. That you poor can provide, woman. You can provide medication for a man who took 30-something people's <laughs> lives, but you can't provide it to a child and her mother? Yep. Yep. So fucked. So fucked. So rest in peace, Martha, and your baby girl. Rest in peace. So remember how Robert Ressler's profile of the ABC killer had suggested that it possibly could have been two killers? The police initially suspected that Satoli had an accomplice named David Selepe. Selepe. Mm. And he was linked to a half dozen murders of women in the Cleveland area around the same time as Moses. Mm. But Moses denied ever meeting David. There was no evidence to connect the two men. Mm. So they just don't really know. But in regards to David Selepe, he was shot dead in December 1994, reportedly after attacking a policeman on a visit to one of his crime scenes. Wow. Okay. Bye, David. Isn't that crazy? I kind of want to cover his case. I kind of want to cover that case. So we might do that. Here is a list of the victims that we know. I wanted to say their names. I I, I don't want to pronounce their names wrong, so I'm probably just going to go with first names, okay? And this does not include the two-year-old. So the two-year-old's name is Subisiso. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. Okay. 18-year-old Marina. So it was, I saw it as Maria. But here it's Marina, so I'm not sure which one it is. But rest in peace, honey. 26-year-old Amanda, 32-year-old Joyce, 24-year-old Refilo, Refilo, sorry, 22-year-old Rose, I know, 27-year-old Beauty Nuku Soko, 25-year-old Sarah, 24-year-old Nikiwe, 25-year-old Letta, and that was the mother of Subisi. So hmm. 20, 29 year old Esther, 21 year old Granny, 19 year old Elizabeth, 28 year old Mildred, 25 year old Francina, 30 year old Ernestina, 25 year old Elsie, 25 year old Josephine, 30 year old Oscarina, 26 year old Makoba, 26 year old Nelisiwe. 43-year-old Amelia, 31-year-old Monica, 21-year-old Hazel, 45-year-old Tassidy, 20-year-old Agnes, and then a woman named Beauty Natombi, and then 11 unidentified victims. Good God almighty. So rest that was hard. To all of those women. Yeah, I, 
I felt like I saw all of them in my head, even though we don't have a lot of pictures of the victims, you guys, unfortunately, I think we only have like maybe three or four and they weren't even identified by name, which is really frustrating. But rest in peace to all of these women. They literally all should still be alive. And they were young. Like, so most of them are so, so young. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. And that's our case for this week, you guys. That's our case. You saying their names like that, that was hard. That was hard to yeah. hear. That I'm going to include I'm going to include all of those names on Instagram as well as on the screen if you're on Patreon just so you guys can, you know, humanize them more. <sighs> that was rough. That was rough. So let us know what you guys thought about this case. Leave us comments, questions if you want on instagram and we'll get back to you as soon as we can but yeah this was heartbreaking i like doing cases from africa i think i want to include those a little bit more yeah for sure i like it too because it also like will cause us to think about what was the dynamic of police and justice system and all that in that country yep 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 well thank you guys thank you guys thank you guys so much for listening and again you guys like always be safe protect your peace and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. Period. Bye. Bye. You have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me.